Hello and welcome. Welcome to Reality Roots Pod with me, your host, Hillary. Back, back, back. Sooner for me than you'd think because I already did this yesterday. This is take two. So, yesterday, I guess you could say it really wasn't my day. Actually, it really wasn't my week. I could even say it wasn't even my year. <laughs> this, whole, this whole year just... <laughs> oh boy, what a fun, fun time I'm having over here. This week was particularly bad. And yesterday was particularly, particularly bad. Because I sank, oh, I don't know, probably a good two hours into recording this podcast. And as you can probably understand already... <laughs> It was trash. It was garbage. And I said, I'm just going to throw the whole thing out, which is very frustrating. If uh, you're curious about what you missed, let me give you a quick little synopsis. Um, It was like a full tour of my house. We hit all the spots. We hit my basement with the... I guess you're not supposed to call it a hot water heater. I always sound dumb saying that, but I feel like everybody says that. So... Uh, we hung out in my basement for a bit, got to, uh, got to hear my hot water heater quite a bit, so that was very disruptive. I tried to move to my living room where my dishwasher was running, which was also very audible. Then I tried to move at one point to my car, which would have been good, except for it was pissing fucking rain. <laughs> So that was also garbage. Other places I tried to record included my bathroom, which I thought I thought might be okay. I was like, we could acoustics. Acoustics. Everyone's always worried about acoustics. Come on, guys. Yeah, no, it was awful. That was also awful. Um, and then as a very last resort, I came into my bedroom, which is where I am now which isn't ideal because it's not very far from where my son is sleeping and I don't want to wake him up. Definitely don't want him to hear any of this. Uh, But, (laughs) oh, and by the time, look, oh my gosh, guys, by the time I'd gotten to that point, (laughs) I'd probably spent 20 minutes of podcasting time just apologizing for all of the random noises. (laughs) Um... And by the time I got here, which is where I'm sitting now, but like 24 hours ago, I was like, I don't fucking care. Whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. We just have to push through this. And then my cat came over, (laughs) was purring the max, maximum amount of loud, the loudest purring of a cat you have ever heard and started rubbing his face on my phone as if to add insult to injury. So I did push through the whole episode, but then by the time I finished, I was like, why did I even do that? This is just a stupid, ridiculous patchwork of, again, a lot of time spent apologizing <laughs> uh, for things that were really like like five different things that were unbearable to listen to. So I'm back. I'm <laughs> so committed because I'm so tired. It's not even like, like I had an awful day yesterday. And my day today was also exhausting, so (laughs) 
I'm in a great space. For a while, I was like, you know what? This might work out because I'm actually feeling pretty sassy as a result of all the shenanigans. Now I'm feeling a little bit more tired than sassy. So we'll see. I'm sure the sassy will come out. It always seems to. So, so, so this episode is... I did not, well, I know, I know I promised you guys a Christmas thing, and I think I did deliver as best I could. I didn't want to do the same kind of Christmas one as last year, which actually I think I did after Christmas last year, but it was that real classic, definitely, definitely, I mean, obviously I don't do it anymore in Jerry Springer because he's passed away and the show is definitely way over, but... Um, you know, they, they hadn't been doing it for a long time, but back in the day, uh, they used to do these really nice, adorable, just charity work kind of shows where they'd make a bunch of kids happy. That was pretty rad of them to do. So last year I did that. Here's the thing. Now I'm down to one episode per month. I am always optimistic that I'm going to be able to shave that down, (laughs) but seems seems like based on results so far that's not happening but anyway I I if I only am going to be able to put out 12 episodes a year I really don't want one of every 12 episodes to be the same <laughs> definitely not those Christmas I mean it was cute I feel like I do remember having some laughs last year, laughs last year while I was doing it but it's it's more serious I mean it's all a bit serious but I don't know it can be kind of a downer um, well, that sounds shitty. <laughs> okay. I'm too tired to try to dig up out of that. So it's just going to be what it is. It's shitty. I'm in a shitty mood. I'm not, I feel like I'm kind of a shitty person right now. So that pretty much tracks. Anyway, didn't want to do that again. So this year I chose, I think it's still on theme for Christmas and also while I was kind of working on this it was that uh, Thanksgiving Black Friday season I feel like it kind of ties in there too even though for anyone listening to this it's over anyway if you haven't already guessed it this episode is Ricky Lake I guessed it I mean you clicked on the episode so I guess you figured it out oh geez (laughs) this is Ricky Lake addicted to shopping exclamation mark don't think there wasn't an exclamation mark um so yeah I feel like the shopping is still on theme for Christmas Black Friday the season of spending all your money (laughs) and money you don't have yet. So I really can't tell what era of Ricky Lake this is, to be honest with you. I think it's like, I said that, but I'm lying. (laughs) I mean, you couldn't tell based from the beginning, but we got some context clues that I think probably put it into like early 2000s. It's definitely, I want to call it post-postpartum Ricky. It's like, it's like they're kind of figured out how to dress a woman who's had a baby, which is which is nice of them. I mean, yeah, it wasn't that kind of, I don't know, gal pal overdone intro. It's still very Ricky, though. I don't feel like Ricky had those kind of, like, Jenny Jones obviously had, like, 
there are two eras of Jenny Jones. That show took a dramatically sharp turn <laughs> in terms of what they're doing. Jerry Springer, right? Dramatic, not even a dramatically sharp turn, but there was a point he started leaning into it and then they redid their set. They redid their intro to be like, this is a trash show. Welcome to a trash show. That's what we're giving you. The theme is sewer chic. <laughs> um, I feel like Jenny kind of had that vibe too, but Ricky kind of always has the same vibe. So it's a little bit harder to tell. And I don't want it to sound shitty about the post postpartum or even the postpartum. It's, it doesn't matter to me. It's just the only way that I have to kind of orient myself in time when I'm watching it. At least at first, like I said. Ricky, I like her outfit. Actually, it was like a pale periwinkle blue uh, cotton button up top. You could definitely tell. I think like, yeah, early early 2000s for sure. <laughs> I want to say it was when I was like grade 8, grade 9. Those cotton button up preppy 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 type shirts were like the height of fashion gap was the height of fashion (laughs) it was very that as I just said that was like grade eight grade nine for me I also not only not only was that obviously like the puberty times I have anxiety generally speaking my anxiety causes me to sweat profusely. <laughs> so, yeah, the cotton, the cotton button-up preppy shirts. <laughs> Not that I didn't try to rock them, but God, what a nightmare that was for me. It was like, I remember by like an hour into school having giant pit stains and just being like, okay, well, I guess I can't lift my arms for the rest of the day. And then they get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> you can see them even with your arms down. Uh, they never dry out. You're like in the bathroom <laughs> under, under the hand dryer trying to dry out your pits like a weirdo. And then they get a big like stain. Oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing. Uh, I didn't appreciate the timing of this fashion for me. I feel like now, no, I couldn't even now because the thing is, is now I work at home and that's a big reason that my anxiety isn't a problem anymore. I literally s- still, for probably like an hour an hour oh my god a year after I started working from home I still would sweat all the time (laughs) like all the time I think that's how long it took my body to like detox itself out of chronic stress (laughs) chronic anxiety so the thing is now in my head I'm like I don't really sweat that more I could or that much I could probably maybe rock one of these shirts for like a work day but that's not true because if I was at work I would sweat the whole day because of the anxiety and why would I wear such an uncomfortable shirt in the privacy of my own home that's stupid no thank you uh her hair Ricky's hair is like it's like shoulder length flipped out very very flippy aggressive outward flip uh she comes on stage and like woo Ricky and she just like flops relatably (laughs) into a red armchair like she's Ricky's such a gal pal she just flopped right in there in in gal pal fashion. Like, she came over and she's like, whew, oh, I just gotta get through traffic. What's going on with you? <laughs> like, kind of nice. Um, Ricky says, to start out, I bet there's not a person in the audience who doesn't love to shop. But guess what? It's putting a lot of people in debt. Realistically, how many of you are in debt right now? <laughs> the audience is like, woo! 
<laughs> clapping and shit okay very excited to be here i think <laughs> didn't uh maybe didn't listen to the question uh ricky's even kind of like yeah okay yeah applauding the people who are poor woo okay uh she tells us that they did a poll before the show and they added it all up with a little calculator and it came to ricky says three million eight hundred and sixty six eight forty seven dollars I think I take that to mean three million eight hundred and sixty six thousand eight hundred and forty seven. I feel like she got kind of tripped up in the specificity of the number there. Ricky is like, okay, well, we're gonna touch on this later, but people have mortgages. I feel like it it should probably be more than that. I guess I guess houses were cheaper back then, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if, it sounds like a big flashy number, just mortgages are a lot, that is debt, and that's not like an unreasonable debt to take on in your life, pretty much no matter who you are, I mean, as long as it's within your, you know, finances, but naturally, Ricky also feels like she is going to clarify that, she's like, wait, whoa, wow, okay, well, how much is from shopping, a lot, and the audience is like, yeah, woo, love shopping, woo, debt, <laughs> Perfect. Ricky tells us that her guests today buy, 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 even if it bankrupts their families and starves their children. I feel like that's a little bit dramatic, Ricky, but I there's like a nugget of truth in there, but mm, I guess. Already on stage and first up, because remember she just like flopped down in that chair. So in the chair next to where she flopped was Danelle. Just kind of weird. Not Danielle. Danelle. Danelle. Exactly like Danielle, but no I. Danelle. Like Danon, the yogurt. She says her mom is an out-of-control shopping addict, according to the Chiron, under her face. Danelle is really cute. She's a cute girl. She's very 90s cute. Like, she's strawberry blonde hair. She's got a big swoopy bang. Cute dress. Cute girl. Kind of like a, kind of a bit of a chipmunk face like the cheeks are a little chipmunky kind of bug eyes but she's cute I think she's cute uh to get into it Danelle tells us that it started with Beanie Babies and what she says is I don't know if you remember Beanie Babies a long time ago (laughs) like first of all hashtag never forget like of course of course we remember Beanie Babies um this was one of my context clues though so I looked it up and Beanie Babies really like really took off in 1995 so if Danelle says a long time ago, I think 2000, 2001 is a reasonable guesstimate for time. Uh, so Beanie Babies, I guess, were her mom's gateway drug. She started ca- like getting them. And this is the thing about Beanie Babies. I feel like, uh, I mean, if you weren't there for the fad, again, I was right, <laughs> was right in the thick of Beanie, Beanie Babies in 1995. I was like, it's like eight, seven, eight nine I was really in it the thing about being that age at that time beanie babies as I recall I mean there was expensive ones there's collector shit always but like you I would go to the it store <laughs> you had an it store and that just seems inappropriate for 1995 
I was eight. I went to the it store. I feel like I, okay, well, <laughs> that's a different question. But anyway, the it store had all the Beanie Babies. It was an hour from where I lived because I lived in the middle of nowhere. So we had to go to the next big city of 60,000 people <laughs> to go to a mall that had an it store. Any mall, but uh, that mall had an it store. And it had Beanie Babies. And Beanie Babies were like, maybe, I want to say they were like 10 to $20 really in that like $15 range, which was a very accessible amount of money for children at the time. They weren't like a million dollars. It wasn't like something you had to like beg and beg and beg and beg. Like I remember Furbies were like, I didn't get a Furby for sure. Furbies were like, I want to say at least $50. Still relatively cheap, but I didn't, it was a lot easier to get $15 than $50 as a child is what I'm saying. So I feel like that really fed into the Beanie Babies uh, fad of it, which is exactly like what caught, uh, Diane, uh, Danelle's mom kind of hooked her the same way as it hooked children, I guess. <laughs> but as an adult, she had more access to buy those rare, rare ones. Um, so that's how it started. She, she's like, Ooh, I think I've got a few of these. They're really cute. And they're only like 10 bucks. And then she saw some rare ones on QVC and she was like, well, you can't buy these at the store, you know, I gotta get them. And she just kind of snowballed from there. So Ricky kind of explains that she's too good for QVC, but she understands that QVC is very manipulative. They use like, I don't know, manip- manipulative tactics <laughs> to hook you. She references they have like a countdown and then they'll have like a some kind of false scarcity trick like there's only 50 left or it's like one of a kind or whatever right just to like make you feel the urgency to buy it actually from from my knocking door-to-door days I do remember like the longer even I mean any I'm not a sales genius so I'm sure any person in actual sales know this but like the longer it takes someone to make up their mind the more likely they are to say no so if you're doing like aggressive or predatory sales, you are looking to like really push people and be like, okay, well, if you don't decide in the next two minutes, then like you're not going to get it. So you really have to like choose right now. And then obviously people make like hastier, worse choices, <laughs> more ill-considered choices. Uh, so obviously, I mean, QVC is, I feel like I've I feel like an idiot because I feel like I'm like I'm so smart I know what QVC does to make money but obviously that's not a new that's not new information by any means is there still QVC I wonder because I feel like the people most vulnerable to QVC would be the people most likely to have cable I don't know as much as I just kind of shit on on, uh, Ricky for being too good for QVC I would never buy something from QVC not ever so I don't know and I definitely don't have cable so tell me I guess if you want to (laughs) reach out I'll tell you how at the end of the episode so you'll have to stick around because I'm an asshole like QVC or you could just fast forward but it's kind of weird if you're just gonna listen up to here and then fast forward to tell me (laughs) that I'm an idiot and then leave I don't know you do you I guess but don't be an asshole I really can't tell at this point if today's episode is better than yesterday's, but here we are. Danelle, I've definitely spent less time apologizing, if you can believe it. 
<laughs> Janelle agrees with Ricky this shit like it hooks her mom in and her mom gets like a little high from the whole process of ordering and then seeing the sold out sign come up and like she won and there's no more left and she gets like a little high off of that Ricky asks how many baby beanie babies Diane has which is apparently 2,000 she buys them five at a time <laughs> tells us Janelle uh Danelle tells us uh, and she says sometimes the same ones like her favorite ones that's weird I wouldn't I mean I'd probably just save my money for what I didn't have I'm not in this problem though so I don't know but this I found very funny because she says I, I must have misheard it is the thing it's just those YouTube captions are worse than useless but what I heard her said <laughs> what I heard her say was that her mom will buy like you know, more duplicates of the same one. She says, like, her favorite ones. Like, the end bear, or the millennium bear, or the clubby bear. Okay, <laughs> okay. I remember the clubby bear. I remember the millennium bear. No problem. Uh, again, the millennium bear kind of gives me a little context for this. But, uh, yeah, okay, clubby bear. Cl- I think they had, like, a club. Like, some kind of club. <laughs> As a collector that you could be in. I... I don't remember if I was part of it or not. I would have loved to be, I'm sure. But, uh, okay, that was the clubby bear. That's fine. Uh, the end bear. The end bear? <laughs> like, the end times bear? What was going on over there? <laughs> At Ty. Or T-Y or whatever. I call him Ty. I don't give a fuck. Ricky asks slash tells Danelle's... Danelle? No. Fuck, Sorry. By ask slash tell, I'm going to try to, I always say that, but it kind of fucks up the syntax of what I wrote. She does these leading questions. Ricky, Jenny, whatever, they all do this because I think because people talk a big game backstage and then when they're on stage, they get a bit nervous and (laughs) realize how far they're broadcasting their dirty laundry. So we see a lot of these like super leading questions. So Ricky... Asks slash tells Danelle if her younger sister is being starved in order to feed the beanie baby obsession. And she just kind of keeps saying, like Ricky keeps saying, I know it's just silly beanie babies, but it's serious. And I want to, I don't even want to because I feel like, based on how long this took me yesterday, I feel like we don't have time. But uh, I don't know, I'll like super, super bury the lead. <laughs> Just cross my fingers that I can deliver on it one day. Uh, one day we're going to find... One day if Jeremy cancel, Jeremy Kyle ever gets uncancelled enough for people to put his videos up on YouTube, we're going to talk about the serial addiction in a big way because that was... <laughs> that was a TSN turning point for me <laughs> in terms of how I feel about talk shows definitely in terms of what I think of when I think of Jeremy Kyle there's an episode of Jeremy Kyle where a guy is addicted he says to cereal well I guess we're okay well now we're just talking about it but anyway he his wife complains that he's addicted to cereal and that sounds stupid when you're like my husband's addicted to cereal but it's not the cereal it's the fact that in every bowl of cereal he puts and they watch him. I'm not lying. You guys are going to... I understand there's like a bullshit filter that kind of everybody puts up right when you hear something ridiculous. And you're like, I'm sure that's not really it. I fucking swear to God, this guy would put half a bag of sugar 
in every bowl of cereal. Like white refined sugar, those red path bags, like the the bag, I don't know, I don't know weights. <laughs> what is it? It's like a two pound bag of sugar, whatever your standard size bag of granulated sugar. Half of that was going into every bowl, and that is a problem. <laughs> it's a big problem because that really fucks with your brain. It's the other white powder, <gasps> as Dr. Phil would say. So, yeah, even stupid addictions are still addictions, whether it's cereal or beanie babies or whatever stupid thing. Danelle doesn't really answer Ricky's question about the starvation of her sister. Kind of think that would be a main talking point, but I guess Ricky did too. But uh, Danelle talks about, (laughs) she's like, it started going worse, you know? The Beanie Babies escalated to quilts, to porcelain dolls, and the money kept adding up, and my sister started to starve, and she went from 105 pounds to 95 pounds. So let's meet 95-pound 14-year-old Katie, the sister. 14-year-old Katie comes out, and she looks a lot like Danelle in her face. But I guess she has, like, I want to say she has natural lip injections. Like, her lips are huge. She looks like a 2023 insta But I don't know why, because I'm... I, I'm I'm pretty confident that if they're not feeding her properly, nobody's putting money into her lips, <laughs> especially being 14. Like she's got braces. I don't know. She's like I'm I'm pretty confident that she straightened her hair with an iron. I don't know if that's ahead of her time. Might be slightly ahead of her time because I think Gabrielle Levine was coming down the pipeline, but she looks like very 14-year-old. But like she looks her age, but just with huge, huge lips that look a bit unnatural. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, Katie, it's kind of sad because Katie is just like, I want to bond with my mom and talk to her and she won't let me love her <laughs> by having this addiction. Uh, Ricky's like, well, how do you, how does she deny you love then? Again, Katie's not really concerned about the food so much as like just getting loving attention from her same sex parent. The only parent, actually, it seems like, that she lives with. Uh, Katie says, like, (laughs) so weird. Katie's like, well, lately I've been going through this really bad breakup with my ex, and I wanted to explain it to her. And Ricky's like, what? 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 You're you're 14? (laughs) Katie's like, well, I'm 15 now. It's my birthday today. (laughs) Like, okay. That's okay. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Ricky asks Katie what she wants. Katie says she just wants her mom to settle down a bit. Like one thing a month, but not every minute. It's horrible. Danelle says that her mom orders at least one thing every night. And now we watch a homemade video of the mom showing off all her shit, which is shit. I don't know. She's, it's things I don't even know what they are. Murray Osmond dolls? Did she have dolls? Okay. Something that I th- I'm pretty sure she says Elizabeth Wizard of Oz. She says she has the full collection. Don't give a fuck. Some kind of car washing thing that rotates. <laughs> she shows us how it rotates. Uh, and a lamp. The whole time that she's showing us these things, this bitch is talking over her TV. <laughs> she couldn't. She couldn't turn it off or even put the fucking thing on mute while she's recording this video for us. I guess she probably didn't want to miss her QVCs, but 
uh, it's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. You made some, no, no. If you're recording something, just, just turn the TV off, you know, find a time, find a commercial and put that bad boy on mute, Diane. I feel like we could have done that in the year 2000. Uh, well, let's meet the bitch, Diane. Uh, Diane, sorry, I'm calling Diane a bitch, but uh, another Barry the lead here. We're about to meet the most C-word psychopath woman. Not Diane. The next shopaholic we're going to meet is just full narcissist psycho. But first, let's meet Diane. Diane, uh, she looks more like your weird aunt. She's got a really high-pitched voice. Uh, she's got this crazy vest. It's like a multicolored patchwork. Like all different, all different colors. Uh, but it's got like decorations plastered on top of the patches. Uh, it's very gaudy. Uh, she's got her blonde hair kind of pulled back. She's got, she's got a little wispy wisp of a floofy bang there. It's fine. Diane, I mean, it's not fine, but it's just whatever. <laughs> I don't think Diane's here to look like Kate Moss. Diane brings out a little beanie baby. She shows it off. Well, she calls it a beanie baby. She says she bought it this morning because it's New York. Uh, and it's so cute and I had to have it. But it's not even New York. It's Uncle Sam. It's a bear covered in Americana. I don't know who said New York to her, but it's not New York at all. It's uh, it's it's Uncle Sam. And it's not even a tie or TY or whatever beanie baby. It's just some dumb bean-filled stuffy <laughs> covered in fucking stars and stripes forever. A big stupid hat. Uh, Diane, it's like, believe it or not, they were crying for breakfast when I got back to the hotel room. <laughs> Ricky's like, can, can you blame them? <laughs> what the fuck? Danelle's like, not so much as a coffee. Danelle, I felt like you could focus on bigger things <laughs> than the coffee. Uh, she says that her mom went down to the hotel, came back with six shirts and this, in Danelle's words, really neat bear, but not a crumb. Ricky points out that it's not really about the price of the bear. Uh, her daughter is asking for love. And she asks Diane if she can admit that she has a problem. Just a half... A half answer there. She says it's really hard for her to admit she has a problem, but she does say that it is an addiction. And she starts talking about her ex-husband, and Ricky's like, did he leave you over a lamp? And Diane agrees cheerfully that this lamp did indeed cost her her marriage, yes. And now they call it her divorce lamp. (laughs) There's a lot of laughing at things that aren't funny. I feel like I have this in my own life. Sometimes I'm, I'm... you know, there's a situation, whatever, and you're just, like, trying to live your life, so you're like, okay, clock that, deal with it, move on, and then when you, for whatever reason, explain it to someone else, they're like, wait, what? (laughs) What? What are you saying? And then when you look at it more objectively, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty batshit insane. (laughs) Shit. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if we have the insight here. It's just a lot of, like, (laughs) laughing at things that aren't really funny. I mean, well, the dissolution of a marriage where there's kids involved, I don't, I don't feel like that's ever haha funny, you know? Uh, definitely when it's caused by a lamp. Um, 
so we see the lamp I guess it's fine I'm pretty sure we saw it I think it was the lamp from that video it's like a Tiffany style lamp um but I guarantee you it's not a real Tiffany lamp it's definitely some QVC knockoff Tiffany lamp at best Danelle says we want to respect our mom no disrespect or anything it's just this is out of hand and it's not right Ricky rolls out for us a cart that is stacked with some of Diane's shit. I gotta tell you, when it's all piled on top of itself, it looks worse. <laughs> it couldn't it couldn't look worse than it does on this shitty, shitty cart. The centerpiece doll on top is gigantic and it looks like the cheapest thing I've ever seen. It looks like something you would buy at a yard sale because you felt bad for not buying anything <laughs> looks stupid uh and there's like I don't know there's a shit ton of beanie babies on like the bottom part I do want to say I did clock that I had like I used to have at least two of these beanie babies the pastel tie-dyed rabbit I might have had two of those I feel like I like I don't know I ended up with double somehow um and this dragon that actually was kind of a unique one for me. I had a dragon and I didn't know anybody else who had a dragon probably because everybody else wanted the cute ones. But I thought the dragon was kind of cool. It had these like iridescent sort of wings and these scales. And I was 8, so that was pretty cool for me. Ricky promises to help these people today and no, I don't know. There's just a bunch of shit. Because it's like, she's like, up next, a full-on sociopathic monster of a woman. But first, <laughs> there's a commercial. And then after the commercial, uh, we get to see their theme for their little post-commercial text screen factoids. Uh, which is, this episode is the Spenders Hall of Fame, which starts with its first inductee, J-Lo. J-Lo. Look at you doing it way back then. J-Lo, we are told, spent $5,000 on her up dill hairstyle for her wedding to Chris Judd. I don't know Chris Judd at all. I told this to my husband and we both assumed that, because I couldn't remember the name Chris Judd, we both assumed that it was Mark Anthony. Um... But no, it was Chris Judd, whoever the fuck Chris Judd is. Uh, their marriage only lasted eight months, which is why nobody knows who he is. But first, 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 I guess, but first, first, before the psychopath, we have Debt Consolidator for a nonprofit called American Credit Alliance. And he is straight from a manager's office at a bank. Couldn't be more clear that that's right. He looks like a dud. <laughs> he, looks, he looks smart. He looks responsible. He looks like what he is. He, Ricky, <laughs> Ricky, I don't know what she's trying to sell us, but she's like, you realize that just by being here, everybody's going to want your number. My whole audience is in debt. Yeah, Ricky, that's why he's here. That's why he came to the Ricky Lake show. He wasn't, I'm sure he didn't show up being like, oh, I hope there's no follow-up questions. <laughs> I hope nobody else wants help. I'm just going to help this one person and that's it, which is what we're about to set up. So now he's going to help an audience member in real time for realsies. Definitely not a plan of a person. Ricky asks if he will and he says, sure. 
with a little shrug like he couldn't give a fuck. Now I'm assuming this woman is a plant. Because you'd have to bring so much shit with you in order to do this. I was thinking about it and I was like, "Mm, I could maybe like bring up enough things to be useful to this person on my phone now. But not in 2001. Not pre-smartphone. What did you just show up? Do you know your SIN number off by heart, ma'am? I guess some people do. But do you have all your creditors' numbers just in your pocket? (laughs) You don't even have a cell phone. Where would you, how would you possibly find enough information for this guy to be able to help you if you weren't prepared? Um, but okay, we're fooled, whatever. She's, oh, just a random, lucky me. Happened to be wearing a full pale pink fit, <laughs> like Barbie pink skirt, shirt, even the dumb indoor pink tinted glasses. Yeah, I had them. Okay, again, I was like fucking 12. So <laughs> leave me alone, the imaginary haters. This woman is a grown-ass woman, and she's on TV in indoor sunglasses, but they're barely, it's like a, it's like Barbie breathed on them. (laughs) That's how pink they are. Uh, She's got a deal of her own. She's got these strappy-ass shoes that crisscross all the way up to her knees. Jesus, so much effort. Tiffany admits to being a shopaholic who likes the nicer things oh yeah we couldn't tell and she says she has over eighteen thousand dollars in debt yikes but this actually does sound like just shopping debt that's a problem ricky sets them up with the biggest biggest computer you've ever seen like the monitor is (laughs) the monitor is one of those super big monitors (laughs) before they were all flat screen and everything uh, it looks, sorry, not the computer, but the side stage that they're set up on, which is like next to the stage with all the people, it looks like it's set up for a seance for some reason. <laughs> it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like where we're doing banking. It looks like we're about to call up the spirit of our long lost ancestors or something. It, it is a vibe. But now get ready, strap yourself in because we're about to meet donna and her daughter doreen donna looks like super karen i in a way the okay there's a meme where it's like the this is the final boss karen you have to fight after you defeat all the other karens that's what this woman looked like so if you've seen that meme perfect chef's kiss gold star to you you know what i'm talking about that exact woman but with less voluminous hair but the same haircut (laughs) just not as big which is like a super short haircut it's fuzzy though short and fuzzy it's floofy but it doesn't look soft at all it's kind of a blonde ombre situation real short on the sides like four earrings on each side I'm guessing Donna's probably in her sick no, she's probably in her 50s, but she looks like she's in her 60s or 70s. Um, I'm guessing she spends a lot of time playing the slots with a Virginia Slim in one hand and a margarita in the other. And I don't know how she pulls... Can you... <laughs> Stupid, because you couldn't play slots if you had something in both hands. I don't know. Maybe she just yells at other people and makes them pull the lever for her. <laughs> Might be possible. She looks pointy. She looks very pointy. All her features are pointy, especially her ears, which are elf ears for no reason. And she says that her shopaholic daughter forced her 
to spend her life savings. Interesting. Ricky now sets it up. That was from a Chiron, but um, she sets up. <laughs> what she says is, our next guest, Donna, says her daughter, Doreen, is a selfish spendthrift who would sooner see her own mother living on the street than stop shopping. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Donna, tell us about your daughter. <laughs> Doreen goes, where do you want me to start? Ha, 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 ha. Well, I love her. She just has a bad habit of shopping and doesn't know when to stop. Already, that's everything Donna's said so far. Donna is touching her nose so much. <laughs> so, 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 so much. Which made me think she was doing coke. Uh, my husband thought maybe it was more of like a, uh, lie, like a tell for that, or what do you call it? What do you call it in poker? Giveaway. No. A tell? Mm, something like that. He thought she was lying and that's why she was touching her nose. Maybe. Either. I, I just don't know what she'd be lying about. But maybe she might be trying to kind of underplay it. I don't know. She just won't fucking leave her nose alone. Donna says, I bought her a $5,000 boob job. Ha, ha, ha. I ended up losing my house because I got behind on the mortgage payment because of it. Because she wanted bubbies. Ha. <laughs> bubbies. Ricky says, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's usually why people get boob jobs. But, Donna, that's a you problem. <laughs> you spent the money, right? So, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How did, what do you mean she forced you? And Donna rambles. She goes on this big rambling ramble about working with what you have, but that it still does accentuate her figure, but still... This kind of trails off. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. Ricky says, again, says slash asks, that Donna accuses Doreen of trying to kill her. Dor- Donna says, no, 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 they joke. <laughs> she explains that she's in a, ca- a class action lawsuit about smoking. Yeah, no shit, Donna. And <laughs> so if it all gets done... And she wins, I guess, or she's winning. Then she, she's she been told that she'll clear about $100,000. But if she dies before it gets settled and they do win, then she'll get $350,000. American justice system, are you okay? <laughs> I'm sure there's some fancy reason for it. Um, so anyway, they joke about this, but Donna, it's not like a legitimate, like Donna doesn't actually think that Dorina is going to, Dorina, that Dorina is going to like murder her. So that's good. Again, this is another thing where Donna keeps laughing and the audience is not laughing. Like they just hang her out too dry. (laughs) There's so many awkward silences. Uh, apparently Doreen, well, (laughs) I feel like this keeps this keeps being a problem in the story, but apparently Doreen has, we're told at this moment, Doreen has bankrupted two husbands and is working on draining her third, but actually the first one passed away, so that doesn't really count as draining a husband, 
But also at the same time, if you think about it, she would have got all the money. And it seems like she probably spent it all. So we can, I guess you can still drain it, but it's not, it's not apples to apples, I would say. Um, so when she met, like, this is still Donna, I guess, telling us about this. Uh, when Doreen met her husband, he had good credit, good job, new truck, and Doreen drained him in five years. Ricky asks Donna what she wants to say to Doreen today. And Donna is like, well, stop. A little bit. (laughs) Ricky's like, a little bit. (laughs) Donna's like, yeah, four-year-old children don't need $150 Tommy Hilfiger outfits. Which is true. And for some reason, that I found funny because I feel like I used to hear that all the time as a child. And now I'm a parent and I... I first of all, I don't really see any of my peers spending $150 on outfits for their four-year-old. Most of us are trying to spend as little as possible at all times. But I I just, I also don't feel like I hear the same complaints. Like it just seems, I wonder if it was just a 90s problem or like if it was kind of a weird holdover from like the 80s. Uh, I don't want to say fascination, but like my understanding is that in the eighties, like corporate, like um, corporations became, I don't want to say cool. I don't know. It was just the culture. It was the opposite of counterculture, I guess. It was like, we love brand names and companies and money and the stock market and things and suits and things of like Wolf of Wall Street very that, right? That's why the 90s pushback was like grunge and they were like, man, I don't care. Fuck corporations. Bye, Kurt Cobain. Like that's where that kind of swing of the pendulum went back and forth. So I wonder if it was actually more of an 80s problem of that people were spending like exorbitant amounts of money on clothing their toddlers. I don't know. That's all bullshit. So <clears throat> whatever. Tell me if you were there in the 80s, tell me what you think. I just don't see it. I just don't see it as a big of a problem anymore. Maybe because when I was a kid, so many people bitched about how stupid it was that all of us that grew up are like, yeah, that's dumb. Uh, apparently, Doreen also spends $250 per month on her hands and her feet, by which we mean many petties, which does seem pretty excessive. I can't really imagine getting a pedicure more than once a month. Pedicure is like 50 bucks. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. You're, you might be overpaying, but that's a lot. Doreen comes out and she's wearing, oh shoot, I'm sorry. This is the problem with doing things twice. Um, I did want to mention more Ricky's outfit. Ricky has like a light blue shirt with a red skirt and a nude heel. And I really, really, really liked the color combination. Come for me. I don't care. I love blue and red together. I don't know why. Blue and red and like separate. That's one color scheme I like. Another color scheme I like is like a pale not pale but like an I want to say like a light oh my gosh can you hear my can you hear my cat I'm not doing this again I'm not doing this again but my cat is sleeping and my cat snores louder than any anything you've ever heard so you could probably hear that in the background sorry not sorry because I'm fucking out of apologies about all the noise in my life right now uh, anyway, I like different color schemes. I'm sure most people think those are tacky, but I liked it. 
Um, so Doreen comes out, she's wearing a pale blue blouse. Um, it's actually long. It's almost like mini dress length. I'm very ahead of her time because I feel like the long shirts didn't come out for a few years from this. But anyway, she's like kind of pretty. I wouldn't say she's a knockout. I wouldn't say she's like gold digger, you know, draining men. What do you call it? Vamp? Is that what vamp means? I don't know. Anyway, I'd say she's like a 6.5. She's fine looking. She's just not like, I'm going to give you all my money. Stunning. That's all. So for all that, um, I'm, I'm, I didn't go into it, but there was a whole story about how she had to get her toes done specifically to come on the show today. And then when Doreen comes out, she's wearing a closed-toed shoe. And Ricky's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you spent money on a pedicure just to wear a closed-toed shoe? What's wrong with you, bitch? Um, yeah, so she takes off her shoes to show us her toes. And she has this, like, shiny gold anklet on to boot. Why wouldn't you? With a closed-toed shoe. Wear an anklet. Ricky notes that it seems, it kind of seems like you guys aren't taking this seriously. <laughs> on account of you keep laughing. Um, you guys think this is a joke? Here's, here's Doreen's response. No. To, so you think this is a joke? No, I don't think it's a joke. I honestly don't even see a problem with it. <laughs> it's like, so, so then you do think it's a joke? Like, mm, she says that she likes to shop and nothing's going to stop her. <laughs> she says, I've lost a marriage over it. I haven't put my kids in harm way. I overspend on them as well. <laughs> well, that's better. Ricky confirms that Doreen has food in the house. Lots of food. Doreen says, oh yeah, for sure. Doreen also tells us that she works as a nurse and gets a paycheck. But that she'd rather not spend that money. She'd rather spend a husband's money instead, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, same, I guess, (laughs) if that's an option. Doreen laughs about how she ruined her husband's credit. (laughs) She jokes that it was one of those... Oh, it's just one of those prove you love me by giving me all your money time kinds of things. You know, right? <laughs> the audience is not laughing. The audience gives her this. No. <laughs> um, Ricky is like, I don't understand the joke. I don't get the joke. <laughs> Someone help me. A giant giant from Long Island <laughs> says... You say you haven't put your kids in harm's way, but you lost the husband over it. I have a bad Long Island accent. Sorry, that's as good as it's going to get. Ricky says two. Two husbands over it. Which to read again is like, well, my first husband actually died. (laughs) So that's actually not on me. (laughs) Died of a car wreck. Car wreck. Uh, But this husband that she has now, husband number three, she says, he knew I liked to shop when he married me. I'm very upfront that I have no concept of money. To which I would say, I think you do. <laughs> I think if, because you said you don't want to spend your own money. You rather would spend someone else's. So that tells me that you actually have a pretty good handle on the concept of money. <laughs> Otherwise, you would just spend whatever you could get your, your painted little claws on. And she says she'll put bills off. Uh, she's never had anything shut off, but she'll wait until she gets that final shut off notice so that she can buy something. <laughs> Ricky asks about the kids, which this honestly, I th- Ricky, Ricky, you're doing it, man. She makes a great point and asks about the kids and she's like, 
okay, but what is this teaching your children about managing yourself as adults, about managing your finances, about delayed gratification? And Doreen's like, well, yeah, of course, they they should have, like, you know, the whole moral aspect of financial responsibility. (laughs) Not, Not an answer. And then Ricky very pointedly is like, your mom should not be going broke over your boob job. Uh, which reminded me of the boob job. And I gotta say, her boobs didn't even really look that good. <laughs> Fucking what's her name? Oh, I almost said Erica. I'm confident it's not Erica. Whatever that other 14-year-old girl's name was. Um, Katie? Yeah, it looks like we've spent more on Katie's lips than on Doreen's boobs, to be honest. But, I mean, the money's gone either way, so... Well, what are we going to do, I guess? Um, Here comes Jeremy, her husband. Jeremy has those crunchy, curly 90s hair curls and a big old fucking herp outbreak on his lips. He says that his wife Doreen's shopping addiction is destroying their marriage. But Doreen doesn't see a problem with it. You remember from the beginning, she's like, I actually don't see a problem with it. But her husband thinks that it's destroying their marriage. So, well, it's a problem. <laughs> Even if you don't think it's a problem, the fact that your marriage is, your third marriage is about to go down the shitter might be, that might be the problem. Uh, he, Jeremy, confirms that Doreen shops and shops like she's got a bottomless pit full of money that when they met, he owned a house. He had a brand new Durango, guys. Durango. <laughs> he had credit cards. He had bank accounts. Ricky's like, what do you have now? Donna says, nada. Doreen says, me. Jeremy says, my wife. Nothing else. Credit shot. But hey, there's nothing else we, there's nothing else we can do about it. What? <laughs> what do you mean nothing else? What else? What do you mean else? Like, (laughs) what was the first? I don't know. He says that he's threatened to leave. So leave. But it doesn't stop. Yeah, because because it was an empty threat, obviously. Uh, He says, I tell her to stop. I tell her to slow down. Ricky's like, well, tell her. Jeremy turns his head to Doreen. And he's like, stop. Slow down. Anything. Doreen, when he says that, fully laughs in his face like <laughs> like she doesn't give a fuck I feel like she was already laughing she doesn't even stop laughing from the moment he started talking she was laughing and then he turned his face towards her and she turned her face towards him and just continued right on laughing into his eyeballs Doreen says like I'm I'm not I'm not, like, gonna stop, basically. I tell him if he runs out of money and he wants to leave, that's fine. There'll be another one when he's gone, which is an awesome uh, little soundbite to go to commercial on. It's pretty shitty. I mean, it's just, I, it was kind of the soundbite of the episode, but it's really shitty. This is a shitty marriage. Just leave, Jeremy. Leave. (laughs) It's not enough to threaten it. If the threat doesn't work, you might have to actually follow through on it. Hey, it's your money. Uh, We go to a commercial. We get our next inductee into the Ricky Lake Spenders Hall of Fame, which is Imelda Marcos. 
which I knew about Imelda Marcos. I don't know about you. Uh, she used to be the first lady of the Philippines. She f- fled. She had to, they chased her out of the country. Uh, <laughs> she left behind 200 girdles, 1,500 purses, 500 bras. I think they said black bras, and one of which was bulletproof. Just in case you get your tits shot up. You wouldn't want that. And 1,500 pairs of shoes. She was arrested for bankrupting her country. Ricky sees a serious tone to all this. Despite the kind of half-jokey, like, Spenders Hall of Fame things (laughs) that she is putting up. Well, not her. Production. Next up, Stacy. Who didn't realize her boyfriend was addicted to eBay because, get this, guys. They don't even have a computer in their home. <laughs> 90s problems. Stacy, she's pretty. She's like a bigger girl, but she's rocking all the 90s hits. All the 90s hits, okay? She has her dyed blonde hair pulled back in little twisties. <laughs> I used to do that too. That was the whole thing. You like twist a little part of your hair, pull it back, and do a few of those. She's got mousse all up all up in those crunchy, crunchy curls, which are all piled up into an updo. And then she's got this short necklace. Like, it, I don't want to say it's a choker. Like, it's not up on her neck, but it's it's right at the base of her neck. And the chain, I don't know what to call it. It's not a chain. It's it's the, the string that holds the the jewelry piece it is that really cheap shiny string (laughs) that's like the craft jewelry kind of string uh and then it's got like this pretty sizable metal butterfly hanging off of it so 90s it hurts with her pencil thin eyebrows same and her super dark lip it's a 90s look Apparently, her boyfriend orders all this shit at work. At first, it was like just packages started showing up, and she kept finding empty boxes. Like, he was like hiding the stuff, like, he was an alcoholic. He thought, Stacy says she thought he was ordering porn. So <laughs> I was like, well, there's another 90s problem <laughs> ordering porn <laughs> to come to your house in a box. <laughs> oh, oh, we've come a long way. Stacy has a huge problem with this, not just for all the money that's going out the door for nothing, or for very little. Uh, he's also been lying about it for four years, which is not great. How long have you been dating? I don't think we find that out, but I'd be interesting to know four years out of how many. Ricky says, like, okay, but if he's spending his own money and it's not porn, then what's the problem? <laughs> Stacy's like the lying it's the lying (laughs) the lying is the problem and also like he's putting it before paying our bills or our rent also a problem apparently he's really into cds which is very funny compact discs (laughs) remember those (laughs) um I guess he's getting collector's ones or something Stacy says, because Ricky's like, does he even listen to them? And she's like, well, he fucking does now because I've been nagging him about it because I found out he was spending all this money on CDs. And I was like, you better fucking listen to those. <laughs> I'm going to be even more mad. Uh, apparently, we keep hearing about this, but it must have been the worst one. But apparently he bought a, a Mariah Carey CD 
for $125 because it had gold inlay in it. To which Ricky says, doesn't he know she just lost her record contract? It's probably worthless now. And I was like, Ricky, I don't think that's how that works. (laughs) Okay. It's also funny that she's like, doesn't she know that she lost her record? No, I didn't know. Was that a thing in the 90s? I'm not like... I know quite a bit about music history, but I I don't really remember a time that Mariah Carey fully fell out of favor with the record labels. I probably just missed something. Um, anyway, no, but it doesn't matter. Here comes Antonio. Uh, Antonio, when he comes up, this does happen from time to time, but it's just funny because it's like, Antonio, woo, everyone's like cheering, kind of cheering. I mean, I don't think they're on his side, but you know, they're clapping or whatever. They're being polite at least. And he, like, comes out these doors on the side of the stage that are up a little flight of stairs. She has the weirdest set, I think, Ricky, out of all the people, for no reason. But anyway, he comes through this, like, weird door that's part of the set. (laughs) And everyone's like, wait. But then he has to look so meek and, like, turn around and gently close up behind himself. (laughs) Very funny. It's just very real. Antonio honestly looks like he would be addicted to porn. I don't know. I don't blame her for thinking that. And Ricky asks what he likes about it now. She's like, we don't understand how you can be addicted to buying stuff on the internet. And Antonio compares it to a drug. Oh, yeah, and he gets a rush. He says he'll bid on it, watch it, make sure he's the highest bidder. If he's not, then I'll rebid till I get it. Sometimes I do stop and Stacy's like, no, you don't. <laughs> but he says that there's a limit to how much he'll pay. Um... Which, okay, PSA for all y'all, not even PSA, I guess. Here's what I learned in third year economics, okay? This is like, I don't know, hundreds of dollars, I'm sure, worth of tuition that I'm about to give you for cheap as free. So get ready. eBay, the eBay says, if you don't know this, um, the eBay system, it goes by like incremental, I'm sure there's a word for it, but it's like, it, it's like you put your max in. So if he went on and he was like, the maximum amount I'm going to spend on this is $100. That doesn't mean you're going to spend $100. If the current highest bid is $12, then what it will automatically do, you put in 100 so it'll actually bid twelve fifty for you on your behalf. And then if somebody else bids more than that, it will, like, somebody else bids $14, then it'll bump yours up to $14.50. And it'll keep doing that until it hits that maximum amount that you put in. And according to Economics 3MO3 Game Theory, um, <laughs> what you should do, if you're smart, is exactly that. You put you put a valuation on how much you are willing to spend on it, max, type, type in that in, walk away. Because otherwise, you will get trapped. You'll be like, oh, well, maybe I could just do a couple of dollars, a couple more dollars, a couple more dollars. And now, like, why, though? Because you had, you already decided that was more than you were willing to spend. So just stop and walk away. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. But Ricky's, like, really trying to get into the psyche of it, like, of the shopping addiction. Stacey's, again, still more concerned about the lying, which I think is fair. Antonio does understand that he has to stop. Like, he does genuinely seem to want to stop. So, I guess in that vein, Ricky pulls up quote-unquote Dr. Schaefer from the audience. Very controversial point of view on this one. 
He says, listen, here's the bottom line. All this talk about shopping addiction is a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Shopping's a choice. All behaviors are choices. The issue is, can I control myself or not? The issue isn't, can I control myself or not, but will I? And the bottom line is, people will not control themselves. It's not about addiction. It's about taking responsibility. It's not a medical problem. Ricky says... But what is missing in their lives, which I think she meant, like, obviously they're trying to, like, mask something. Or, like, you know, it it starts for a reason, right? Where there's some kind of void in their life that they're trying to fill up with all this shit. Or with the feeling of, you know, being the one person to get the thing from QVC or whatever. I think that's what Ricky's getting at. But what this dumb fuck says is, well, there could be a number of things missing in their lives. Self-control. Delayed gratification. You never made it past the toilet training phase of your development. Is that a good way to get people on your side? (laughs) Or convince them that you can help them? (laughs) Or that they should listen to you? To accuse them of being mental toddlers? He says, uh, you need to grow up and get in touch with your inner adult. And stop blaming bad behavior on an imaginary credit card gene or advertisements or something like that. And we get no rebuttal on that. I disagree, but we will talk about that more in a second, I guess. The thing is, okay, I I, I do and I don't. It's like, I, I do see where he's coming from, but it's, it's like he's only focused on half of the situation and wants to just throw the rest of the situation away. And I don't agree with that approach but we got a commercial we got another spender hall of fame person which is gross michael jackson gross reportedly spends 10 to fifteen thousand dollars per day on makeup wardrobe security and the neverland ranch and that doesn't include plastic surgery but doesn't include paying off the parents of the children he molested uh questions We check in with Alan and Tiffany now. They're working on a spending plan. Some bills are way past due. The thing is, Ricky's like trying to be smart. And she's like, oh, because like she's probably just paying the minimum. But that's just interest, right? So she's never like working it off. And Alan's like, oh, Ricky, we are so far fucking past that. (laughs) That'd actually be awesome if she could pay the minimum. Uh, No, they are so far into delinquency that the creditors are just demanding the full payment up front. But they're being too greedy. You can't get blood for a stone. We're going to tell him that. Up next, we meet Carolyn. This is our last thing and the least (laughs) compelling of these four stories for sure. Carolyn says her mom is a hopeless shopping network addict. Carolyn kind of looks like Melissa McCarthy in Go. She's so not Melissa (laughs) Go the movie. I just, if you guys remember the movie, if not, that won't make sense. But she's got like moose in her hair for sure, and bangs half grown up. She actually looks a little bit like um, Stacy. In my head, it's honestly kind of hard to keep them apart. But Carolyn tells this really boring story about her mom's routine and how QVC is involved in this routine, and it's boring and it's boring and it's stupid. And the only thing that I took away from it is that there was an audience member who looked like a severe, very severe version of Cleopatra. <laughs> uh, just stone-faced, staring at the stage. 
Carolyn, uh, Carolyn's roommate, this didn't make any sense to me. Carolyn says that her roommate says that if she's going to buy anything off the TV, all she has to do is call Carolyn's mom to see if it's okay. I think for the first time, (laughs) and I mean, I watched this and watched this and watched this and I took notes and I already recorded an episode. And in this, in this moment, I think what she means is like, Carolyn's mom has already bought it so if it's a scam or not I'll just ask her mom (laughs) if it's a scam or not because she'll know for sure because she definitely would have already gotten it uh so Carolyn says that her mom bought the stuff that if you dip stuff in it it turns gold yeah that sounds real uh she says she used it once didn't even turn it gold it turned it brass what? I'm so surprised. <laughs> Didn't turn it into gold. Weird. Here comes Sandra. Sandra looks like a warehouse manager at Target. And I don't just say that because she's wearing a red button-up short sleeve and a light tan pant. She It's just, it's her whole, it's the rest, it's the whole look. It's the whole look. She has really short bleach blonde hair, almost like in a men's cut. I remember one of my friends got this cut um, I think I was in grade 6, so probably before this even came out. But uh, I didn't like it on her. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. It's just, it's like, I don't know, it's a men's cut, I guess. Glasses. Bit of a bulldog face. She looks like she's probably super tall. Um, maybe this is also kind of factoring into the warehouse manager of it all but her shirt is way too wide and it's not flattering at all it makes her look super boxy and her arms are crossed and she doesn't have much to say and she doesn't seem like she wants to be here at all (laughs) but she does say that she likes getting stuff in the mail ricky suggests a pen pal but i think we all know that's stupid ricky tries to give us some stakes in this story i mean the other stories i think have stakes but this last one is such a like hail mary for like oh we need a fourth person yeah, that'll be fine (laughs) no one will watch this part anyway so she tries to say that sandra is like neglecting her husband who's not here and her child 25 year old carolyn (laughs) Um, there's a Chiron oh my god you have no idea how this kills me if you are also in the sister wives boat you will know about a very very special sister wives moment which had an apron for Janelle that said I I cook better than I kiss not T-H-A-N comparative to how I cook my kissing is better no 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 I kiss better And then I cook. (laughs) Well, this Chiron says, under Carolyn, says her mom would rather watch TV and shop than spend time with her. (laughs) What's the problem, Carolyn? (laughs) It's not a comparative. It's not one over the other. It's just she wants to shop and watch TV and then spend time with Carolyn, according to the Chiron. Carolyn rambles nonsensically about how everyone has troubles but she would expect help at 25 but it's fine she'll get through it (laughs) she says um ricky asks carolyn if she feels like her mom is choosing frivolous items over her and carolyn pretty nonchalantly comparing like considering we're on a show about it says yeah sometimes (laughs) carolyn why are you here (laughs) 
doesn't seem like you care at all. Carolyn is also in a red top. And she's sitting next to Sandra in her red Target top. And they're both sitting on these two red chairs. I feel like production could probably warn people not to wear red. I don't feel like that would be unreasonable. (laughs) Um, Ricky's like, okay, so do you want her to stop doing it? Or do you want to just like defend her doing this? (laughs) Carolyn's like, no, no, I want her to stop. And Ricky's like, so tell her. Carolyn says, mom... You need to stop shopping on QVC. And Sandra's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Sandra knows she has a problem. So if we're keeping track, Diane and Doreen don't feel like there are any problems in their lives. Even though they have collectively lost, say, three to four husbands over it. Uh, Sandra and Antonio, who haven't lost anyone yet, see that they have a problem and are legitimately asking for help. Ricky kind of asks them. They kind of have them like a panel now. I think all the loved ones are sort of more like in the front row of the audience. And we just have the shopaholics up there, it seems like. And Ricky asks them what it feels like. Like, is it an adrenaline rush? Doreen, very telling, tells us. It's like the naughty of it. It's the naughty of it. She's like, it's like having an affair. But like, you're really not. But it's just the idea of shopping and knowing that he doesn't like it. It's an adrenaline rush. Or like if something's on sale or you call to get something that they only have five of. Like the feeling knowing that you have five things that no one else does. You don't have to buy them all just because there's five. You could just buy one and be like, I have one of five. But <laughs> whatever. Um, and Ricky's like, but you know that's crap, right? Like they're just lying and manipulating to you. And Doreen's like, yeah, I know. I don't give a fuck, bitch. <laughs> Diane tells us the weirdest story about how her friends will come up and compliment something like they'll be like oh my god I love your bracelet like where did you get it and she'll be like oh I got it off QVC uh do you want one and they're like oh yeah and she's like well you can't get it because they don't make it anymore (laughs) it's like you're an asshole like just say that in the first place string along your friends being like oh do you want one (laughs) too bad (laughs) what's wrong with you you're a dick. Uh, Diane says that shopping is better than sex and Doreen agrees, which was another soundbite that we heard quite a bit. Doreen's laughing and continues on to say, if my, yeah, if my husband won't give me money, I, I'll just say I'm, we, I won't go to bed with him. I was like, that's, you're, you're a sex worker then and I understand they're married and I understand that there's like shitty well I don't want to say shitty men but I understand there's men that would be like well well that's marriage like you spend money in return for sex the first of all that's not marriage second of all you can it can still be sex work within the framework of a marriage the same as like sexual assault can still be sexual assault even if you're married (laughs) it doesn't really matter it's just it's the situation. It's not what papers we've all signed. Our, our other... Is this our last Spenders Hall of Fame? I think it might be. It's Elton John, who reportedly spent half a million dollars last year just on flowers. God save the queen! <laughs> what the text says. Why? Like, what, what a random thing to put there. Ricky is back with Dr. Schaefer Dickhead. Oh cat scratching his ear that's good um she's back with dr schaefer dickhead who is looming over an actually smart person (laughs) 
I don't know what her credentials are, but she's talking way more sense than Dr. Deckhead. Uh, her name is Bonnie St. John. From the way Ricky greets her, it seems like she's a bit of a regular. And she really stands up. Even though she's fully two feet shorter than Dr. Deckhead, she, I feel like she's spunky and she does her best. Um, she is credited on the show as a money expert and author, but I don't know what her credentials are. Um, they have opposing views, so Ricky's going to let him hash it out. Dr. Dickhead says, well, there's no such thing as a shopping addiction. It's an idea that was invented by people who don't want to take responsibility for themselves and by mental health professionals, a.k.a. quacks, who like to get money diagnosing and treating people. Okay, real fucking controversial on that. Um, Disagree. Bonnie says, well, I think it's important to understand that it is an addiction. Like, the adrenaline rush does, like, verifiably trigger dopamine releases in the brain. Uh, You're getting a chemical kickback that is like a drug, but also, shoppers, that does not let you off the hook. It's difficult to combat that chemical addiction, but you have to do it because it's ruining your life and your family's lives. I agree. Like I, I, what is what a great way to put it. I fully, fully agree with Bonnie. I co-sign everything she just said. All of that. Addiction is a thing. It is also your responsibility to overcome it, and only you can do that. Uh, Doctor Dick's head, though, tells us that chemicals don't make people do things, which is stupid because <laughs> brain chemistry, brain chemistry, <laughs> chemicals in your brain definitely do influence your choices. Uh, But he says people make choices. Chemicals don't make choices. Kind of black and white. And Bonnie's like, yeah, okay, but when you have an understanding, (laughs) Dr. Dickhead's like, no, no, understanding is useless. Understanding is useless. Understanding is useless. dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard anyone who dared put the word doctor in front of their name say maybe ever (laughs) understanding is useless because you have to take responsibility for yourself um they go back I don't even fucking care (laughs) but blah blah bodies like blah 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 they have pain whatever they're dealing with it in not a good way Diane has lost a husband and ignores her crying child that's a problem she needs help with it What's Dr. Schaefer Dickhead's uh, solution? What does he have to say about that? So let her be. She wants to destroy her life. Let her do it. Fuck her. (laughs) Bonnie's like, but she has children in her household who are also getting destroyed. And he's like, well, her children should kick her out of the house. What kind of useless advice is that? (laughs) Her her 14-year-old daughter, who is obviously desperate for her love and attention should kick her out of the house. That wouldn't happen emotionally. I don't think that would happen legally. And she would still, even if it did happen, she would still be emotionally broken because she would ultimately be abandoned by her mother. So I just, if you're going to come to bat with like a hot take like that, I want to see a real solution, not this fucking let them eat cake approach. Okay. 
Ricky finds an outraged audience member who is somehow not outraged by Dr. Dickhead's (laughs) bullshit, um, but takes offense to the situation as a whole. (laughs) And she says, okay, first of all, she looks like she's going to Berkeley. And she says, I don't know if you've heard about the terrible things going on in the world. There are wars. People are starving. I don't know what you think you're doing. You need some place to send your money. Why don't you send it to some of the starving people around the world? If you have so much time to watch QVC, go volunteer somewhere. Okay, Mother Teresa. (laughs) Calm down. What is, again, this is about as useful as being like, oh, you have to finish the food on your plate. There's people starving in other countries. And it's like, that. okay, well, I'm not going to mail it to them. <laughs> so, here, yeah, don't want to be wasteful. I don't want to be wasteful, but, like, be be economical for your own benefit, if nothing else. Not out of guilt. Diane is like, guys... The president told us to shop more because the economy is doing bad. See, Diane's an economist. That's why she is starving her kids. <laughs> because of the economy. <laughs> New audio. Now we're into the audience questions. If you can... Or comments, questions. Um, if you can tell. Uh, this person tells Doreen's husband he needs to sack up and kick her to the curb before she spends all his money. True. Uh, She also points out that if they think that shopping is better than having sex, then they're probably not fucking correctly, (laughs) which elicits an ooh face from Ricky and a high five. It's pretty cool. Um, And this person from the audience stands up and Ricky starts to, like, go in on these people about their own shit, I guess. Um, because I mean, at the beginning, everybody was like, I have debt. Woo, I love debt. Um, so she's like, well, do you have debt? And the woman's like, I mean, yeah. And she's like, oh, cause you put your hand up and she's like, well, I have a mortgage and I have student debt. I don't think that's the same. <laughs> and then she like shoehorns in her opinion, um, under the guise of a question, which is just about, like, maybe they should teach kids in high school about credit and how credit works, which is true. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's true. Uh, somebody else in the audience immediately stands up and Ricky... No, I mean, they don't immediately... I mean, they stand up and Ricky immediately is like, do you have debt? <laughs> and they're like, y- yes, I do. Um, but the problem is actually that the people surrounding these monsters are enabling them. Like... The husband could leave. (laughs) Yes. And he should. Ricky asks, I think this, I mean, it's kind of a useless question, but I did think it was good. I feel like of all the things, maybe these people will go home and kind of think about it. She's like, when are you going to be satisfied with everything that you have? Like, when is it going to stop? At what point will you have so much stuff that you're like, I'm good. Actually, I'm good. Uh, Which is a good point because it's not about the having of the stuff. It's about the getting of the stuff, I think. Um, and Antonio, I haven't mentioned it, but through most of this in the background, when people are making these points, he's like, help me, <laughs> tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. I want help, not judgment. Uh, he doesn't want to lose Stacy. There's actually kind of half a second where it sounds like he's about to propose to Stacy, but he gets kind of cut off. And Ricky's like pushing. She must be having people just snapping their fingers, pointing at their watches because she starts like blowing through things where she's like, Bonnie, there's no time. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bonnie's like, if I could just say really quickly some helpful things. <laughs> and Ricky's like, okay, you have five seconds. <laughs> like, okay. Um, so five steps. Admit a problem. Get a support team. Keep a diary about how you spend and your emotions. Avoid triggering situations. Put limits on your spending. If you can't stick to them, you're going to have to just stop doing it entirely. Commercial. <laughs> Um, I hope that was enough to help Antonio. Uh, anyway, we got back and we got to check in with Tiffany. Don't forget about Tiffany. She had over $18,000 of debt and a fully matching pink outfit with stupid indoor sunglasses. But she got that $18,000 down to a low, low payment of $400 a month, which is apparently down from $1,500 a month. Tiffany's fucking psyched (laughs) that she is. Um, and she's like, and he left me a lot of room to play with. And even so, it'll take three and a half years at the $400 a month to pay it off. And I'm more than guessing that her credit is in the fucking toilet after all of this. But it is what it is, you know? It's still better than where she was, I guess. It was probably already in the toilet, so it is what it is. Good for you, Tiffany. Ricky makes Alan promise to give everyone his card, as if that's not specifically what he's here for. And it's over. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I might have even got that in on, on a, a tight hour and a half, maybe. I never really know till it's edited, but I do feel better about this than I did about yesterday's. I'm glad that I came back. I'm not glad that I wasted all that time yesterday and got super aggravated, but I mean, I learned a lot. You know, I learned about not trying to squish things in. <laughs> I've learned about where to and where not to record. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll use that as my silver lining. I hope you guys have a great week. If you have a really, 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 really quick second and you want to make my life, you could do a one-time rate and or review and or subscribe. That would be so, 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 so cool of you. And thank you if you've already done that. You can connect with me on the Facebook at Reality Roots Pod, I think. <laughs> I don't talk about a lot, but I am there. I check it at least once a month. Um, and, or, oh yeah, you can email me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so tired. I can't believe I pushed through that. Um, RealityRootsPod at gmail.com if you want to send me your thoughts. Hopefully good ones, but I'm here for anything. Whatever you want to share, just let me know. And yeah, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday month to me. And I will talk to you in the new year unless the time off from work around Christmas permits me to record extra. But also I might have a Christmas because as you might be able to tell, I'm stressed. (laughs) A little bit overwhelmed. Um, But we're doing it. And thank you for doing it with me vis-a-vis listening. I feel like there was a better part to end the podcast (laughs) just a short 30 seconds ago, but here we are. Okay, bye.